And turn with me to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1. Nehemiah, chapter 1. Uh, you know, I hesitated a little bit about uh, moving forward with this series because the book of Nehemiah is about building a wall. And for obvious reasons, political reasons, you know, it might, I thought it might be a better idea to, to try and do that at another time. Uh, but the reality is that Nehemiah saw a need, and the need in that particular time was that a wall needed to be rebuilt. And in this passage and in this story that we're going to read about and discover over the next few weeks, we discover that there are many breakthrough points that Nehemiah had to break through. Times that issues would try to prevent him from doing what he needed to do and what God had called him to do, and yet the enemy did not want it done. And so he had to have a, a way and discover a way to get done what God wanted to be done and had placed upon his heart to do. I would suggest to you today that there are things in our lives that we don't do, not because we wouldn't want to see it happen in our lives, but because the enemy fights against us and we feel ill-equipped to be able to overcome. And I want you to know today that we have great power in Jesus' name and through his power that it lives and exists within us. There's nothing too difficult for God's people when the Lord is on our side. Amen? So over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about this idea of breaking through. Now, let me just say to you that there are different ways that breakthrough comes. There are times in our lives that breakthrough comes in a very direct and divine manner where God just does it. And I mean, it is supernatural and it happens in a moment. And it is because God has determined that I'm going to work a miracle here. And because of the miracle, breakthrough comes very easily. It has been my experience, though, that most of the time in our walk with the Lord, breakthrough comes when we work together with the power of the Holy Spirit, and with Him, we fight against the battles of our lives and overcome through processes that lead us from where we were being in bondage and, and, and in, in uh, captivity to the things of the world and the enemy. But through the power of God, we find ourselves walking toward and into victory. So I'm glad to know today that there is breakthrough opportunity for God's people. And over the next few weeks, we're going to discover that. You know, I've discovered in my life that there are some things that just make me sick. There, there are some things that I look at and I just decide, you know, I've had enough of that. I don't want any more of that. I've, I've had enough of that to do me for a lifetime. But if we're not careful, we can get a mindset that, well, it's always been that way. And it's probably always going to be that way. And we've learned to accept things the way that we are. And we lose our fight well, let me say to you today that what you need is to get your fight back. You need to stop allowing the things of the enemy to become normal in your life. And you need to view the enemy's work in your life as abnormal. 
And if it is abnormal, then it must be removed. And if it is to be removed, it must be done through the power of God. And so I hope that I can encourage some people today to just realize that I need to stop just accepting things the way that they are, and I need to move to another level of faith in Christ Jesus. Which one of these do you want me to have, Bill? Are you up there? Two? Thank you. I don't know if I'm struggling in my voice or something's going on, but I'm going to turn this one off. I'm going to turn this one on. Can you hear me? Thank God I can hear myself now. You know, I, I, I know you're not supposed to like to hear yourself talk, but I do like to hear myself talk when I'm preaching. So just pardon that interruption. But anyway, the point I want to try to make over the next few weeks is, is that it's time for us to get our fight back. It's time for us to decide that I've had enough of what the devil wants to happen in my life and I've decided and I've determined that, that I am going to be victorious. I am going to make breakthrough through the power of Christ. So what kind of things do we need to break through? Well, when we think about our culture, there are a lot of things that I want to break through. I think about inequality, where men and women in many ways are unequal considered at being considered in our society. I'm thankful that God made each of us in His image, men and women. I, I, I am tired of inequality when it comes to race and those kinds of things. I, I think it's time for Americans, as smart as we are, and with the help of God, to be able to overcome some of these cultural issues that we need to deal with. Things like inequality, things like injustice, things like oppression, things like racism. I think we have the power of God to be able to overcome those things, and He will help us if we decide that it's time for us to break through. I think about our community. I think about things like addiction. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of addiction. I'm tired of seeing people addicted by various things in this world and held in bondage. I'm sick and tired of seeing families fall apart and divorce raging in our world. I'm tired of it. We have power through Jesus Christ to remain married and to overcome. Now, if you are part of a divorce situation or you have gone through that process, I'm not talking down to you. I'm just saying I'm sick of what divorce can do to individuals. Robbing people of their self-esteem. Robbing people of their ability to love others. Robbing people of the desire and, and the feeling that I can live again. I can love again because of the, the damage to the self-esteem that has been done. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the lostness of this world and people that are unsaved and people who need Jesus and cannot seem to find their way to Him. I'm tired of churches playing games and, and just going through the motions when what we need 
is to have a holy anointing of God like we haven't seen in a long time that will bring people to the realization that they are sinners and, they, and that they are convicted of those sins and able to repent and walk away from those sins and become holy men and women of God. I'm tired of playing church. And in my life, I'm tired of mediocrity. I'm, I'm tired of just barely getting by. I'm tired of the status quo. I'm tired of just accepting things as they are because I haven't been able to break through yet. Just because I haven't broken through yet doesn't mean that I'm not going to. Because if God is on my side and I have the ability to overcome and to break through, then I've got to keep pushing until I get to the point where I can break through. I'm tired of just living life the way things are, abnormal, things that are, that are of the devil and things that would prevent me from having the victory that God wants me to have. And let me tell you that it's going to take that kind of sick and tired attitude in order to break through some of the things in our lives that we need to break through. So in this series, we're going to talk about vision. We'll talk about leadership. We'll talk about depending on God. We'll talk about doing things that are impossible in the flesh, but that are absolutely possible in the Spirit. And my prayer is that when this is all finished and we've completed this series, that there are going to be men and women of God who are just, who are just little spiritual sissies at one point who now are rising up in the power of the Spirit of God and doing exploits for Him. I'm already seeing it as men and women are beginning to step up and find their anointing and their calling. I'm seeing men and women. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but the, but the ministries are looking different. They, they look different because people are tired of sitting on their church pews uh, and just going through the religious motions uh, and they want God to use them in a powerful way and they're willing to take a chance just this morning someone said I didn't know if I'd be able to sing I didn't know if I'd be able to minister I didn't know if I could but I thought why not try you know at least if I try I give God an opportunity to do something in me and through me that can be a blessing I believe we've got people in this church that soon are going to say, I can no longer sit on the pew and do nothing. I'm going to let the power of God use me to be a blessing to those who are around me. That's what happened with Nehemiah. Chapter 1, beginning at verse 1 through verse 10, it says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. Now it happened in the month of Chislev, in the 20th year, as I was in Susa, the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came with certain men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who escaped, who had survived the exile and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, the remnant there in the province who had survived the exile is in great trouble and shame. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates are destroyed by fire. And as soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven, and I said, O Lord God of heaven, 
the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel which we have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments and the statutes and the rules that you commanded your servant Moses. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and keep my commandments and do them, though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to the place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Father, I ask you for your blessings and your anointing upon your word today. Help me to speak effectively so that we might hear what you would say to our spirit today. And we give you praise for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I see the hand of every person in this house today that there's something in your life today, right now, in this moment that you would love to break through and overcome? Can I just see your hand? That's amazing to me. And a house of worshipers this size, so many hands that it would acknowledge that there's something in my life that I'd like to get victory over. There's something in my life, I, in my life I'd like to overcome. There's something that I need to break through so that I can get from where I am to where I need to be in the power of Christ. I want to talk to you this morning for a few moments about some things that you can do to position yourself for breakthrough. And the first thing that I would like to suggest to you is that we see in the life of Nehemiah that when he discovered this thing that he needed to overcome, it says that he spent time in mourning. Now, this mourning is something that God provides it is designed by God to produce healing of the soul and not discouragement or depression. Have you ever known anyone that has been mourning a particular thing? They were mourning a loss. They were mourning the death of a loved one. They were mourning uh, the breakup of their marriage. They were mourning the condition of their children. They were mourning the condition of their home. And this mourning morphed into something that God never designed it to do. God did not design us to mourn in such a way that it would bring depression and discouragement as a way of life. Listen, God did not design you to be depressed. He did not design you to be discouraged. He did not design you to be upset every day of your life. He designed, he designed you for conquest. He designed you to be an overcomer. He designed you to be a conqueror. And so this idea of mourning being designed by God is meant to produce healing to the soul. 
I don't know how you are, but I like to get in peaceful environments. Just, just a couple of days ago, my head needed to be cleared, and so I went outside on the front porch and just sat there. It was quiet. It was peaceful. There was a gentle breeze. There was a soft rain that was falling in the front yard. There was a cat that came and sat by my, my feet and began to rub my ankles. There, there were birds that were tweeting that were sitting in the trees across across the street, and this moment was very peaceful for me. And it allowed me to be able to gather my thoughts and gather my minds. And I was, I was not necessarily mourning, but there were things in my life that weren't quite where I needed them to be and wanted them to be, so I had to take a moment and give some consideration to those things and the negativity that they were bringing to my life and how to overcome those things. Some of you need to learn to mourn God's way. You see, some of us, mourning turns into anger. Mourning turns into frustration. Mourning comes, uh, becomes a blaming of someone else. Well, it, it, I didn't cause this. It, if, if, if it had been up to me, I would have never found myself in this situation because I wouldn't have done it this way. I, I wouldn't have said it this way. I wouldn't have acted this way. And so our mourning becomes a, a point of frustration with other people. But that's not what I'm talking about. Mourning must be a God-designed activity that, that brings health to our emotions and readies us for, by, for, for battle. Now, one of the most uh, stories uh, that, that, that illustrates this most is found in the Old Testament. And I don't know if you remember this story about David and his warriors. They'd been out on the battlefield and they had been uh, fighting this battle and coming against the enemy. And it was time to come home. They'd won the victory. They were coming home. And when they got home, they discovered that another enemy had come in the back door and they had stolen all of their children, stolen their wives, kidnapped them. They had set their homes on fire and burned them to the ground. It was a place called Ziklag. And when they went in, the Scripture tells us when, when they all looked and saw what the enemy had done, they, they, they became discouraged and angry and frustrated. And David, the Scripture says, fell on the ground, threw himself on the ground, and wept until he had no more power to weep. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that before, where the situation that you were facing was so discouraging and frustrating that you could only cry, you could only weep for so long, and then you ran out of energy to mourn any longer. But I want you to notice that it was in that morning that the Lord spoke to him. That David called out to him and said, Lord, what should I do? Should I pursue? Should I go after the enemy? Will I overcome? And the Lord spoke to him and said, yes, Pursue because you will overcome and you will recover everything that the enemy has taken from you. And the Bible says that David picked himself up off of the ground and encouraged himself in the Lord and washed his face and prepared himself for the victory that God had promised. 
You say he mourned for a few minutes, but he did not live in a state of mourning. He did not live in a perpetual state of discouragement and frustration. He had that moment, but he let that moment energize his soul so that when the timing was was right and the anointing of God came upon him, he was able to go forth in the battle and overcome as God had intended him to do. Now listen, some of you have learned how to mourn, but you haven't learned how to stop mourning. Let me tell you today that when you mourn, it's only a temporary moment. It's only a temporary time for God to allow healing to take place in your soul so that your emotions can recover. But God doesn't intend for you to stay there for the rest of your life. No, He has given you the joy of His own hand that will allow you to live in abundance and as an overcomer. So some of you, the first step you need to take in breaking through is simply stopping the process of mourning and moving forward to something else. The second thing that we need to learn how to do is we need to spend some time, some time fasting and praying. Now I know that some of you are saying, well, I don't, I, I, I don't do fasting and I don't, I don't do that kind of thing. That's not me. But listen to what Nehemiah said. He said, for days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed to the God of heaven. Now this word fasted literally means the giving up of something else. Primarily in Scripture we see fasting as giving up food so that our body will remind us that we are dependent upon God. Did you know that every religion in the world practices fasting? Did you know that fasting is one of those things that everyone considers to be a healthy thing because it not only cures diseases and sickness of the body, but it also prepares the mind for spiritual warfare. Fasting produces physical and spiritual sensitivity and soul control. Look at your neighbor and say soul control. How many of you know that many of us have no control over our soul whatsoever? Just whatever sense and whatever feeling is there, we just let it all come out. If we're angry, we just let it all come out. If we hurt, we just let it all come out. If we're mad, we just let it all come out. If we're sad, we just let it all come out. But listen, God has given us the ability and the power to control our soul and to allow our emotions to be godly instead of something of the enemy. Fasting produces physical and spiritual sensitivity. I don't know if you've ever fasted before. But did you know that when you fast food that your body, something wakes up. Parts of your body wakes up inside of you and begins to realize that I need to function in the way that God designed. Now I have been studying fasting lately. I don't know if there will be any sermons that will come out of it or not. I know that some of you will be looking for a different church if that happens. I'm only kidding. As you know, I've... I've 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 been fighting with and fussing with diabetes now for a few years. The Lord has given me a reset, and it's in control. Uh, But I was told by the physicians that that they have decided now that it it can basically be helped and cured through fasting. It's called intermittent fasting. 
It's where that you, several hours of the day, you just don't eat for 16 hours. You pick a slot during the day when your body needs to eat, and you eat during that time, and you don't eat any other time. What happens is, in that 16 hours, it allows your created body to heal itself and bring about the type of healing that will overcome disease in our body. Now, I'm not a physician. I'm not a doctor. Don't everybody go home and stop taking your medicine and saying, I'm going to fast all week long. There are ways that you need to do it. But, but here's the point. The point is, is that this thing does something in the body and to the body and for the body that causes it to be sensitive to what it can do to bring about healing. Did you know that if you're, if you're a smoker, that when you stop smoking, that your body immediately begins repairing itself and healing itself? Just simply by fasting cigarettes or other types of tobacco. I didn't know that, but it's, it, it's a reality. And, and there are other things that I could talk to you about today. But what I'm saying to you is, is that there's a time in our life when we're wanting to break through something, when we're wanting to overcome something, that we must be willing to fast and prepare ourselves, not only physically, but spiritually for the battle. I don't know about you, but I, I've, I'm learning in my life that these bodies are important to us. And we were talking just this morning, somebody uh, and myself, we were talking about being a caregiver. When we were talking about Pastor Jerry, my wife and I gave a, about three of our like, years of our life giving care to my parents. And I can tell you that it's one of the most stressful a burden-carrying things that you can do when you're giving care to someone else. It'll wear your body out. It'll wear your mind out. But I'm glad to know today that just because there are things in this world that can bring us down physically and emotionally, the help of the Lord is ours. And there is victory for us in Him. Fasting demonstrates dependence on God. It shows that we recognize the heaviness of the moment enough to put down our forks and pay attention to God and what God wants to do. The heaviness of the moment. Now, when breakthrough needs to take place in our lives, it's because there is heaviness in our lives, either for us or for loved ones in our circle of influence. And we carry that heaviness. And we have to understand that fasting can help us to understand the heaviness of that moment. And the heaviness of that moment will move us to do the kinds of things that will prepare us to overcome. And so we need to learn how to fast. That's what Nehemiah did. He fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. Then thirdly, we have to learn how to repent again. I know some of you say, oh, that's, that's no problem for me. I got saved a long time ago. I'm not talking about getting saved. I'm talking about living differently. That's what repentance means. Repentance means that you're going one direction and you realize the error of your way and you turn around and you start going the other direction. You see, we've got to learn how to repent from the things that have pulled us 
in to the world's system, into the way that the world does things. Now listen to what Nehemiah said. He said, I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly. Now it's possible for us to say, no, I didn't have anything to do with it. It's always somebody else's fault. I wasn't the reason for the divorce. I wasn't the reason for this. I wasn't the reason for that. I was not the reason. I had no role in that situation at all. But let me tell you something. If you're alive and you're breathing, I don't care if you are a Christian, you are imperfect. And if you say that you do not sin, the Bible says something very specific about you. It says that you are a liar. So if you have this mentality that I've not done anything wrong, I did not contribute in any way to this situation, then the Bible says you're not being truthful. Because we all have a role to play in every situation that we're facing. Now, we may not be the primary. We may have been trying to be a peacemaker. It may be that we were trying to do the right thing. But we have in some way contributed to this. You say, how are you getting this out of Nehemiah building a wall? Well, I'll tell you. Nehemiah was not in Jerusalem when it was being torn down. He was not there. He was from the clan. He was part of Judah. He, was, he, is, he, he understood about Jerusalem, but he was not there. He was serving in a different location. He had to hear about the report of, of the wall falling down by brothers who came and told him the story. And when they came and told him the story, he was then aware of the circumstance and the situation that Jerusalem was facing. And so he had to go and be useful in, the, in rebuilding that wall, but God had to encourage him to do that. He was not responsible for it in the sense that he was not there at the moment that it happened. But notice what he said. He said, we have sinned against you. Israel sinned against you. Judah sinned against you. Jerusalem sinned against you. I sinned against you. My family sinned against you. We are guilty to some degree of the reason for this has taken place. I didn't expect to get very many amens right there. But let me just tell you that some of you are never going to get breakthrough until you acknowledge that you may have had a role in the circumstance and the situation that you're facing. Now, you may not have been the primary contributor, but if you contributed in any way whatsoever, then you've got to be willing to say, Lord, I'm going to do things different in the future. I'm not going to have that in my life. I'm not going to be guilty of that thing one more time. I'm going to recognize it and acknowledge it and allow you to do a cleansing work in my life that will prevent this thing from happening or continuing to stay in its place. But I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm asking you to forgive me. And I'm going to ask, what was my role in this? Listen, it's never enough to recognize the brokenness around us. That leads to self-righteousness and bitterness. 
We must look at the brokenness within us and confess our part of the problem. It's so easy to say, well, if the Democrats would just do this, if the Republicans would just do that, if the president would do this, let's blame the president. Let's blame this one. Let's blame the last one. Let's blame the one before him. Let's blame everybody. Let's blame, blame, blame. You say, well, I didn't vote. Well, you were part of the problem then. You should have voted. We have a right to vote and a responsibility to vote. So Lord, if I didn't vote, I apologize. I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I didn't have anything to do with this situation. But if all we ever do is point our bony little fingers at other people, then we're going to become self-righteous, bigoted men and women, and we may call ourselves Christians and people of faith, but as long as we carry that mentality, we're not representing Jesus Christ. We're not operating as the salt of the earth and the light of the earth. We must be willing to put our selfish desires aside so that we can minister love and goodness and blessing to other people. When our enemies are affecting us, our job and our responsibility is to pray for them and that God would bless them in the same way that He is blessing us. We've got to ask the Lord to forgive us. I wish I had a nickel for every time I'd ask the Lord to forgive me. I'd be a rich, rich man. And many of you would be too. Only some of you would be rich, rich women. Listen, there's hardly a day goes by that I don't have to recognize something in my life that I could have done better. I could have said that better. I could have said that differently. I could have acted that out differently. I could, have, I could have gotten upset differently about that. I could have gotten upset in a positive way about that and allowed the gifts of the Spirit in me to allow that anger and that frustration to bring about something positive. But instead, I failed. And I came up guilty. And it was my fault. I may not have been the primary contributor but I played a role in the situation. And what I'm trying to tell you is, is that if we're going to break through, be, we've got to be willing to say like Nehemiah, my people sinned. My family sinned. Judah sinned. Jerusalem sinned. I sinned. My whole family sinned. But Lord, with your help and with your goodness, forgiveness will propel us to the next victory. And then I'm about ready to close. The fourth thing that we need to learn in this, in starting this process of breakthrough is, is that we've got to ask God for it. In fact, let me go a little bit further and say we need to beg God for it. My wife made a carrot cake last night. Uh, let me rephrase that. My wife and I made a carrot cake last night. Because she would put the stuff in the bowl and bring it to me in my lazy boy recliner and say, as long as you're not doing anything, stir this. Stir that thing. 
I got it done, took it back. She said, oh, I'm not done yet. She poured the next batch in. She said, stir that. And I started stirring that. I got it the way it needed to be. And she came in with a third batch. She put some more in. I'm, I'm stirring again. Now listen, I know that I look like a giant dummy. Sometimes I am. But I'm not so dumb as to have asked my wife if I could taste it because it's my son's birthday cake. He wanted carrot cake for his birthday. So in that sense, I'm excited that he turned 37 today because he's bringing blessing in my life in the form of a carrot cake. I felt a little guilty because she brought me one of the icing beaters and she said, would you like to lick one of the beaters? There were two beaters. She was very specific and asked me if I wanted to lick one of them. Let me tell you something. Sometimes you got to take what you can get. Amen? So we sat there together and we licked our beaters together. One of the finest moments in our marriage in the last 40 years. What she doesn't know is I licked that spoon that I was stirring with. And even though it wasn't baked, it still had all the right ingredients in it. And I licked it. And I liked it so much, I stirred a couple more times and I licked it again. Oh yeah, I really did. Now all these kids that are coming over to my house this afternoon to celebrate, the carrot cake is mine. Now they won't touch it now. Because I double dipped at the right moment. Here's what I'm trying to say to you. Sometimes we've, we've just got to beg for something. We've, we've just got to get to the place where we say, I need you to do this, God. I need a breakthrough in my life. I need something to happen here that is not going to happen any other way. And I need for you to come through on my behalf. And that's what Nehemiah said when he said, Lord, please grant me success today. Let me have favor today. So let me tell you something today. You need to start begging God for favor. You need to start asking God again to do that thing in your life that you gave up on a long time ago. You need to stop giving ground to the enemy and say, well, I couldn't beat him five years ago. I couldn't beat him 10 years ago. So it's probably just not meant to be. I was talking to somebody the other day. They were talking about how that because of a divorce, they made this statement. They said, I'll probably never love again. And it bothered me. It burdened me. 
Because this individual has already decided I'll never live again. I'd love again. I'm not capable of doing it. I talked to someone else and they made this comment to me. They said, they said, I've got to be able to find the person who will complete me and bring blessing and pleasure into my life. And my response was this. You've got it backwards. You need to prepare yourself so that when the person comes into your life, you'll be more concerned about blessing them and completing them than you are about finding someone who could bless you and who can complete you. See, sometimes we just get this thing all turned around and it always is about us. Listen, you know your pastor loves you today, right? I'm not being mean. I'm really not. I'm telling somebody something that's going to be the key to your breakthrough today. You've got to change your perspective. Because if we're not careful, all this selfish, it, it's got to be about me. It, it's got to be on me. It's got to be me, me, me. i got to have this, this, this. I want this, that, and the other. And what we've got to do is realize that God has called us to be a blessing to others. He has given me grace so that I can give grace to others. He has saved me so that others can be saved by my testimony. He has healed me so that I can give a word of blessing to others. The grace that I have today has been given to me so that I can now bless others. And the anointing and the blessing that I have upon me that's the way it was with Nehemiah. He said, Lord, I want you to give me favor. I want you to bless me today. Not so I can walk around town and say, look how blessed Nehemiah is. No. He was ready to get his hands dirty. He was ready to do a job that no one else would do. He was ready to do a job that might cause him to lose his life. He was in a position where he was willing to say, it's not about me, but it's about the name of the Lord God of Israel and Jerusalem and Judah and turning this situation into a breakthrough moment. So we approach breakthrough so many times as though it's about us. I need my breakthrough so that I can have this. I need my breakthrough so that I can have that. I need my breakthrough so that I can enjoy this and enjoy that. Let me tell you why you really need your breakthrough. You need your breakthrough so that you can bless others. So that your life will lift others to a place of victory. And can I tell you that in the process of blessing others and building others, you will discover that you will be blessed as well. Aren't you glad that God works that way? Father, I come to you right now and I thank you for your word and I'm thankful that your promise is this. Your promise is this, that once your word goes forth, it will never return to you void but we'll always accomplish everything that you sent it to do. So today, Lord, I pray that you will let this congregation hear your word and that you will cause them today to make a decision that I will repent. I will 
change. I will move the direction that I need to to position myself for breakthrough. I ask it in your name. Amen. Now when I started preaching, I asked how many people were in this house today that you would acknowledge the fact that there's something in your life that you need breakthrough. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith this morning because I want to pray for you. I can't pray for you all because I have a feeling there are going to be an awful lot of people standing up right now. But I'm going to pray for you right here, right where I am. And after I've prayed, we're going to worship and we're going to lift it to Jesus. And here's what I want you to pray as I pray for you. I want you to say, Lord, I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm tired of this situation, this mentality, this thing, that person, whatever. I'm tired of them always getting the best of me when I have the power in me to overcome. And starting today, I'm going to begin that process that will release breakthrough in my life. I'm going to mourn for a minute. I'm going to allow my soul to experience the healing that mourning can bring. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to repent. I'm going to start doing some things different right now, today, in this very moment. And God, every day of my life, I'm going to plead with you that you will bring blessing and healing and breakthrough in my life. How many of you believe that God will help you to do that? So if you're here in the house today and there's something in your life that you won't break through for, right where you are, you don't have to come up front, right where you are, will you please just stand up and let me see who you are? Hallelujah. Breakthrough. 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 I declare breakthrough over you today. I declare breakthrough over your mindset. I declare breakthrough to you today for your willingness in the last few weeks and months and years to accept whatever the enemy wants to say about your situation, I declare breakthrough over you today. From this day forward, when the enemy whispers in your ear and tells you that you're defeated and that you're not able to overcome, you're going to stay in victory. You are going to declare with your mouth that God has enabled you to break through and to be victorious. I declare victory and breakthrough over you. I declare breakthrough over your physical body that God will allow healing to come to you. And until the healing is manifested, that your mind will be protected from discouragement. Your mind will be protected from disappointment. Your mind 
will be protected from faithlessness. Your mind will be protected until you see the manifestation of God's promises in your life. I declare it over you today. And I declare that you will love again. Only the enemy of your soul would say something like that over you. Only the enemy of your soul would try to get you to believe that you are unworthy to have someone in your life. Only the enemy of your soul would declare that kind of defeatist mentality and attitude over you. And I declare today in Jesus' name that you will no longer accept that kind of declaration over your life, but you will declare that I am a child of the living God. I am worthy because He has made me worthy and I will love again. I declare that addiction will be broken I declare that those chemicals that are running rampant in the body causing addiction to hold that those chemicals will be broken that they will leave the body and they will remove their hold over that body today in Jesus name I declare that the addiction of tobacco will exit your body today so that you can be healthy again and so that you can breathe again and so that you can have the strength in your body that you know you can have if you are absent from that chemical in your body. Nicotine will have to take its hands off of you but lose its hold on you. I declare over you today that God is going to break your addiction to alcohol. Those of you who are saying, well, it's just one glass at night so that I can sleep. You don't have to depend upon that to give you sleep. The Holy Spirit of God can soothe your soul and cause you to rest like you've never rested before without having to depend upon that thing. I declare over you today that it's going to be broken in your life. We're going to hear testimonies in upcoming weeks and months about how that you were dependent upon it, but you're no longer dependent because God has broken the addiction and broken the the bondage over you. I declare over you today Those of you who have lost your joy and you can't remember the last time that you smiled a smile, I declare over you today that the joy of the Lord is your strength and that He's going to raise you up out of depression. I come against depression right now in the name of Jesus. I come against oppression in the name of Jesus. I come against fear in the name of Jesus. He has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I come against anxiety today in the name of Jesus. And that thought process that is causing you to fall short of what God would have you to be, I come against it in Jesus' name right now. I declare your mind to be whole in Jesus' lovely name. You're whole. You're free today in Jesus' name.
I strike disease off your body. In the name of Jesus, disease has no place in you. He has healed you by his stripes. You trust him for it. You say, what if it doesn't happen immediately? You trust him for it. What if I don't see the manifestation today? You trust him for it. What if I don't see it next week? You trust him for it. Because the word of the Lord is true and faithful. I declare his blessings over you. In Jesus' name. And I declare that your negative nonsensical attitude about life will be broken off of you today in Jesus name people who don't even want to see you coming because of your negativity they're going to look at you and say something has changed about that individual there was a time when I couldn't hear it hardly carry a conversation on with them because of their negativity and their despondency but something has changed I don't know what it is but they live different than they did they act different than they did they talk different than they did they walk different than they did and when they ask you what is different God is going to anoint you to say it is because of what Jesus Christ has done in my life He has raised me up and He has set me free. And I declare happiness. I declare joy. I declare smiles. And some of you are going to start smiling so much that your face will hurt. That's okay. Give God the glory because He wants you to smile. He didn't call you to fail. He called you to conquer called you to overcome he called you to be everything that he is making you to be today I declare religiosity off of some of you today I've been feeling real good about myself because I go to church I'm real regular I go every couple of weeks I drop some money in the boxes every now and then. I do all the religious stuff. Listen, God couldn't care less about your religiosity. What He cares about is your freedom of soul, your freedom of spirit. He wants you to be His child. He wants you to be His friend. He wants you to be like Abraham was and be called and known as the friend of God. Amen. God wants you to be different because of your relationship with Him. I declare right now you're going to walk around and you're going to see stuff starting to break off of you you're going to think that it's a bug a stink bug falling off of you or or some kind of a mosquito falling off of you or some leaf that's been following you around falling off of you but I'm telling you I believe and declare that some of you are going to see with your physical eyes as spiritual things begin to drop off of you in the name of Jesus and bring a new level of freedom over you in Jesus name breakthrough breakthrough Breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Breakthrough is ours. Lord, I pray for them now that they will receive it. Lord, they'll not be skeptical of it, but they will receive it. 
in your name. And they will activate it in your name. Oh, on church lift your hands up and give him praise he's already breaking things off of you right now he's already breaking it off of you right now hallelujah 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 Liz sang a song the choir did earlier that said this is how I fight my battles one of the verses says the way that I do that is through thanksgiving and praise. Stephanie and Grant sang a song this morning and one of the primary lines in that song was all I did was worship. All I did was praise. Some of us just need to learn it's not so much about what you do. It's more about who you worship and who you praise as we dismiss this service today I'm going to ask them to sing whatever it is that they're playing and while they're singing I want you to throw your hands up in the air and I want you to worship God like you haven't worshipped Him in a long time I want you to praise Him I want you to glorify Him I want you to thank Him in advance I want you to thank Him for things that you haven't even seen the result of yet but by faith you believe it's going to happen in your life and whenever you feel like you're finished worshiping and you're finished giving Him thanks, you can be dismissed this morning. But I'm telling you, He is worthy to receive.